to this week's episode of Pour Another Round, where we're here to discover and share the stories behind the breweries filling up your glass. Today, we're chatting with John from Modest Brewing Company out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And John was in town in Madison. We talked to him in person at Garth's Brew Bar. He was in town for Madison's Beer and Cheese Festival. So if you, uh, I, we uh, were talking about at one point, are, are you planning to drink more beer or eat more cheese? And some days it might be a toss-up. And we also get into the ultra-controversial question, deep-fried cheese curds or fresh squeaky ones? Jonathan, what's <laughs> your hot take on that? Ah, I don't know. That's a tough one for me. I, uh, I'm an all cheese curd kind of guy. So non-discriminatory depends what I'm in the mood for. I, yeah, I, I just eat cheese. The correct answer is deep fried cheese curds. I I do love a good deep fried cheese curd, but the squeak is, is just too good to, to give up. Yeah. But you can't deny this, that deep fried cheese curds do go better with beer. That is true. I don't know that I've ever sat and eaten a bag of fresh squeaky cheese curds while drinking a beer, but I have eaten plenty of deep fried cheese curds with beer. Accurate. So John from Modest Brewing Company, hope you enjoyed all of the cheese uh, the next day after this recording. (laughs) And uh, we get into some fun how Modest came to be. It was a group of guys who just lived together and figured some things out, how to grow their homebrew setup. And one thing led to another, each of them sort of in their own little industry uh, and, and careers and professions coming together to open up a brewery uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, we talk music, we talk video games, we talk beer. This was really a whole plethora of topics talking about. It was just a, a good conversation over some some beers. So thanks to John for hanging out with us at Garth's in Madison while he was in town. And enjoy this episode with Modest Brewing Company out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Cheers. Cheers to our sponsors. Hey, Jonathan, have you heard any exciting news lately? Well, it just so happens I have the very first Pour Another Round Outdoor Winter Beer Festival is coming to Green Bay, Wisconsin. That's right. On March 4th of 2023, we will be at the grounds outside of Badger State Brewing right near some people's favorite football stadium, Lambeau Field. (laughs) You can join us. And 15 other breweries pouring beers. They're from around Wisconsin. We'll have some food trucks, fire pits, brewery, and pour another round merch sales. All the fun. And it's just $35 in advance and $45 at the gate. Gets you a commemorative tasting glass and unlimited tastings 1 to 4 p.m. on March 4th. And that also gets you those three hours to hang out with your favorite pour another round hosts. You should say your favorite podcast hosts. You're right. You're right. You can hang out with <laughs> hang out with them too. So head to pouranotherround.com or you can get your tickets at Eventbrite as well. Please drink responsibly and take advantage of our discounted designated driver tickets. See you March 4th. I'm Cameron. And I'm Jonathan. We, we like, like beer. beer. We're a podcast by beer lovers, for beer lovers, and with beer creators. Some of our best stories start with beer. Now it's time to make beer the story. Each hoppy pour has been on an often unexpected journey to become the brews you love. So pour another round and drink with us as we explore the stories behind your favorite beers and breweries. And if you like beer, like breweries, like some bad jokes and great puns, and like this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you can learn about all of our upcoming breweries we have on tap. 
Well, today on Pour Another Round, we have John from Modest Brewing Company in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we are again here at Garth's Brew Bar in Madison, Wisconsin. Home away from home. Home away from home. Um, and John's in town uh, for a Minneapolis tap takeover here at Garth's. Yep. So thanks for making some time and sitting down yeah. with us today. Totally. Thanks for having me. Tap takeover at Garth's. Why are you in town, though? Uh, the uh, Isthmus Beer and Cheese Festival tomorrow, which I hear is a uh, good time. So oh, I'm here for it. This is your first time? This is my first time at Garth's. First time at Beer and Cheese Festival. Not the first time in Madison by a long shot. First time I'm pouring another round. First time I'm pouring another round. <laughs> you always remember your first. first. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you originally from Minnesota? I am. Yes. What is your take on Wisconsin cheese? Uh, it's great. I love all cheese. Fantastic. I'm equal opportunity to eat, eat cheese eater. <laughs> cheese eater. Fresh, yeah. fresh cheese curds are fried. Oh, fresh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting take. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm a big state fair. Minnesota State Fair is uh, the place for fried cheese curds. Uh, I get sick of them after like two or three they're like super salty i don't know you know those large popcorn buckets you get at the movie theater yeah i could eat a whole thing of cheese oh, fried cheese curds, fried cheese curds. <laughs> i would be sleeping on the couch for sure if i did that <laughs> worth it worth it <laughs> worth Cam- the back trouble. cameron's real backed up after yeah. those days oh yeah i'm hungry now i'm, I'm pretty excited for tomorrow it's like we, we're me and jay our ta- my tapper manager's down with me and we're like we were like talking about cheese the entire time. I'm like, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> what's your go-to? I'm like, oh, let's get the stinkiest blue there. It's going to be awesome. Uh, what's the stinkiest cheese? Um, Limburger. Limburger. I've not. I've not had. Uh, oh. There's a there's a little cheese shop in Green Bay. It has a drive-through window, so okay. on your you know way home from work, you does. can <laughs> go up through the drive-through nice. window and get your cheese curds to go. Love it. They have Limburger cheese in the interior refrigerator. Okay, and it's in a Ziploc bag. And uh, I work for Green Bay Tourism, and we, we host media tours yeah. and take journalists around and whatnot. And the uh, drive through cheese window is always a big hit because yeah. it's weird in Wisconsin. Right. And I had never picked up the Limburger cheese, and the, the girl running the cashier, like, so, the cash register saw me start to open it. And she's like, don't you dare. The whole <laughs> interior smelled like awful cheese for a while. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so if you find that, I'd recommend potent. it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm, not af- I'm not afraid. I've eaten some weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. 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 So, John, tell us uh, what your role at, at Modest Brewing Company is, and, and then I'd like to go into kind of your background in the brewing industry. Sure, sure. Um, so, uh, I'm the co-founder and uh, the head of sales um, at Modest. Um, we started seven years ago in April, or start in this coming April will be seven years. So, yeah, I've been uh, in the Minnesota craft beer scene uh to since about 2000, uh, 2010 when it was just like pre-surly pint law um really in its infancy i was uh scrubbing growlers and working at um harriet brewing uh okay. which is now now arbiter and they let's see they uh they were they were basically uh down the street from my pl- my uh my house my uh, two roommates uh, are my business partners and we've been friends since we were about 15 um we have a, a, we brought in a fourth business partner now with daniel so we started going there just to drink and sample literally like you could not have you couldn't buy a pint of beer but you could have unlimited samples so it was like say no more great like i'll buy two growlers <laughs> and then sit and drink four four ounce pours of 12 percent belgian beers like all damn day let's yeah. go so uh, so I started really getting into that, um, and 
just loving the community that that sprouted up around it. Um, and then I worked for Midwest Supplies, which is a homebrew supply and um, uh, home growing uh, store. And that was a really uh, that was really fun because I worked on the retail front, um, I, and then I transitioned into the the online retail uh, part. So I was teaching people how to homebrew over the phone and over like live chat, which is interesting. Wouldn't recommend. <laughs> How uh, <laughs> do they describe a problem to you? And yeah, like yeah. this isn't working. Sometimes I mean, some of it was like, "Hey, my gravities aren't hitting," or the temperature on the this and this is not reading correctly, and I could like kind of troubleshoot that stuff. But some people were like, "Hey, I need to know how to make this IPA. Like, I want to I want to make zombie dust." I'm like, <laughs> "Dude, I don't know how to make zombie. What are you talking about?" <laughs> I know how to homebrew. I don't know like, the recipes for yeah, all like, breweries. Hey, I want to make Sierra Pale Ale. Like, well, I can okay. probably find that one. But so when like, you're uh, when you're an IT help desk person, you know the the first stupid question is like, is your computer plugged in? Pretty much. What's yep. what's the homebrew stupid question there? Um, uh, did, did you clean uh, the glasses? Did you yeah? Did you clean? Uh, did you clean the buckets? Did you clean the carboy? And then the other one was like, it looks like my my beer is zero percent alcohol. It's like that doesn't sound right. It's a kit. <laughs> full of syrup and like you're all you had to do is boil it and put it in a pot like did you take the original gravity do you take the original gravity to find out the final gravity like uh what's the original gravity there it is cool there you go <laughs> my recommendation would be drink a couple bottles and see if you feel anything yeah <laughs> then do the math then yeah then like i don't know and just guess what get, it is yeah guesswork it's beer you're not gonna get sick you're fine <laughs> that's the best way to do science is just ingest and figure it out yeah F- fuck around and find out is that the, the what the kids say yeah yeah i think so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so when you were uh you know helping people homebrew when did you realize that you also wanted to do this professionally and open your own place pretty much at the about the same time that my two roommates and business partners uh Kaylin keegan uh, and myself we we're all kind of builder builders and we were always like trying to like modify stuff so that's where modest comes from is the modifying um we were building uh, on that note before you go farther modest is m-o-d-i-s-t you're not like super humble guy i mean i am but like the rest of the yeah i'm super super modest um yeah there's part of that too yeah so uh you know we were built like one of my uh, keegan our uh, our um we got his new title is the flavor overlord he's our product development uh he uh he's a big um, car guy uh kales motorcycles uh, bicycles all all sorts of things um so we're always like tinkering with stuff in the garage and then uh we built because i was working at the homebrew store we were work we were building like homebrew supply or um sorry homebrew systems we built this crazy rim system uh we had oxygen inline oxygen we had chill plates we had pumps we had all sorts of stuff so we turned our garage into a small brewery a six tap kegerator always full over full we had everything it was crazy for you is that all self-taught and fuck around and find out or do you have like engineering nope education or anything no we were uh keegan went to school for welding but uh yeah everything else was pretty much self-taught so uh kale's uh kale's family background is in they own a power sports company uh so they're selling selling and fixing motorcycles and uh, Victory motorcycles, Polar- Polaris snowmobiles, and four wheelers, and all that stuff. So, kind of self-taught mechanics and fuck around, find out kind of guys. Drink enough beer and you got it. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> get there. Yeah, it's like, oh, I fucked that up again. So let's 
maybe do, try again tomorrow when we're sober. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, we built a huge. Um, I'll send you a picture of it if, or show you a picture of it. Yeah, that'd be when awesome. We're done. Uh, yeah, it's a you know three tier three tier, uh, just wild. You know, out of commandeered kegs, uh, and yeah, we uh, we brewed every Monday for three straight years, uh, five gallon five to ten gallons at a time. So we were averaging like three hundred gallons. I probably shouldn't say that on the internet because. Somebody's listening, but um, <laughs> the uh, the legal limit I think is like 200 gallons. We were like well over that. Well, throwing. you had three people, so it's we fine. Had three people, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so we were, we were doing yeah. like really good house parties, and uh, yeah, I was making mead and wine because of the the homebrew store, so I could tell people how to do it. And so we had a lot of booze running through that house. Bathtub yeah. gin while we're at it, you just go full illegal bathtub here. Bathtub gin, yeah, I wouldn't have made gin in that bathtub, man. <laughs> four dudes living in a house. Nah. <laughs> That's how you go blind. You get some weird. <laughs> Weird stuff fermenting in there for yep. sure, blind yep. immediately. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instantly. Yeah. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. So we, we um, yeah. So we, we've just been doing, um, you know, modification, modifications, 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 and and so we try to do that with beer. So we we started at home brewing. We're like following recipes, and they're like, okay, well that's cool. Like, I know how to make a clone kit for Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Like, love it, but I'll probably just buy a twelve pack at the store and be just as happy let the actual professionals make the actual professional beer and we'll make right. our own beer yeah exactly so we we started very quickly developing our own recipes mm-hmm. um it shook out pretty pretty fast that keegan was the uh the best at it so he kind of went that route he became the head brewer or the lead brewer at harriet brewing and then was the head brewer at dangerous man when they opened yeah. uh, kale and myself went to lucid uh brewing that was in minnetonka minnesota uh we were running the bottling line on the not Caden Line. We have a Caden Line now. Um, so we were doing their bottling line, scrubbing floors, selling growlers, doing the doing the thing. Learning all the different aspects of running a brewery. Yep, pretty much. Pretty much. Well, so uh, you're talking about recipe writing. I think before we get any, any further, we have a round currently in our hands right now. So tell us what beer we are drinking right now. Yeah. Um, and a little bit about that one. Sure. Uh, so this is uh, Fang and Bone, uh, which is a... I believe a ref- reference to a Zelda sword. I can't really remember what the uh, <laughs> more N sixty four references yeah, we got going on. Yeah, yeah, drinking when the name was created. <laughs> yes, so. exactly. I uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a good time when we uh, when you get a lot a lot of beer in you and you start making beers. So uh, yeah, finger bone. So this is a, a New Zealand pilsner. We have in our um, lo- we'll call it lager program. We have two twenty barrel fooders, which are basically big oak barrels. They are. They're not glycol jacketed like a normal tank would be, but they are. Uh, there's a chill, chill loop through it, so we can actually logger through these things. Um, we had big intentions of making like cool wild fermented sour stuff in there, and a bunch of our friends were like, "Well, that's cool and stuff, but maybe, um, uh, maybe try to do some like clean beers through it." And we're like, "Okay, cool." So we did a couple loggers, and we're like, "These are really freaking good. Let's <laughs> keep these going." So we have a, actually a, a pretty, a pretty great logger program uh, through these fooders. So this one uh, is aged in oak uh, for four weeks. Uh, it's primary, primary fermented for two. Uh, and then we dry hopped it with Nelson Salvin and uh, Wakatu uh, hops. Um, so it gives Are it those nice. both New Zealand then? Yep. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So kind of like an Italian Pilsner, mm-hmm. but with New Zealand hops. Yeah. Have, you, have you been in New Zealand? I have not. I would love to go. Huge Lord of the Rings guy, too. So that helps. <laughs> Got to go, go get drunk in Hobbiton, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's uh, it's five percent, um, just a real crisp, clean, you know, floral. Uh, got a nice like stone fruity kind of flavor to it. Yeah, it, when I when I read New Zealand Pilsner, 
it is a lot of that. I was not expecting that. I was expecting more of just like simple light beer. Yep. But yeah, it's got the yeah. the, the the fruitiness and yep. all the all the big aromas there. Right. Yep. But it's still an easy drinker. Yep. I like I like it a lot. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we um we're pretty stoked on the, all these uh we have right now this one came out a couple months ago and then we have right now um we have a Vienna lager. Uh so we've been we we kind of change up the lager style constantly. We'll be doing a um, we'll be doing a special edition version of our uh, Japanese lager in it. Um, so yeah, I mean we're gonna we do we do all sorts of stuff. New new one comes out basically every six weeks. So wow, yeah. And so what made you guys decide to open up Modest Brewing Company where you did? What what brought you to that? Are you guys yeah. from that area? What uh, how'd you decide on a location? When we were just starting out, we saw like kind of a trend where you're you know you get into get into a space and uh, and then the, like the brewery would just explode and all of a sudden you're out of space. So we well if we needed if we want to do a brewery and we want to do a production brewery, we got to find a warehouse. So yeah. we went to the warehouse district in Minneapolis, uh, drove around a lot. We actually like we grew up on the west side of town, uh, in, kind of in the country, well in the country. It's not in the country anymore, but it was when we were there. <laughs> the country of Minneapolis. Yeah, so we were in uh, a town a town called Delano. Okay. Uh, it's about 40, 40 minutes west. Now it's kind of like an outer ring suburb or whatever. But So we would drive into Minneapolis because we were all into punk music, and we wanted to go. We went to the, the Quest, to the downtown, which is actually like 2,000 feet away from our taproom now. So it's kind of serendipitous. So yeah. we, we'd always go down to the warehouse district. It was not what it is now. North Loop is... Uh, what they've rebranded the neighborhood. It's very gentrified and very cool. Um, a lot of breweries, restaurants. Uh, there's a Four Seasons there now. <laughs> Fancy. <laughs> so yeah, not the same. Re- not the same place that we were. We were running to the those shows. Pun- those punk kids would be pissed. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there's no not not many uh, tire fires and uh, <laughs> barrel fires in the uh, in the warehouse district anymore. But um, but yeah, so we found the space uh, that was going up for uh, for lease. Uh, and it's um, it is two blocks away from Target Field where the Twins play, and yeah, it's a perfect location. So we're uh, we're on Third Third Street and Fifth Avenue, and um, it's an eighteen thousand square foot warehouse, so it's ve- very large. And we've just slowly taken over. I mean, we have the whole space, but we're just getting more and more efficient with how we use it because we have to be. We're going to start. Uh, we're, we're building out an event space starting here soon in um, in one section of it, so everything's going to kind of get pushed around. But we have a 2,000 square foot tap room. We've got uh, 8,000 square feet of uh, of production space, and then warehouse space where we throw concerts and skateboarding events and Valentine's Day <laughs> uh, roller skating events and all sorts of stuff. We you name it, we've done it. That's fantastic. You yeah. build, a, build a whole skate park in there. Yeah, yeah, BMX park and a skate park in there. We had a wrestling, a full wrestling uh, ring in there, nineteen by nineteen wrestling ring. Like wow. it was gnarly. Yeah. So is this just like childhood John's dreams coming to reality? Of like, <laughs> let's just like have a skate event. Let's, let's have yeah, concerts. Let's wrestle. Let's, yeah. let's wrestling. But a wrestling mm-hmm. ring. Yeah. Yeah, more or less. I mean, we had like one of my uh, favorite bands growing up was Dillinger Four. It's a Minneapolis-based uh, punk band, and they played twice in the uh, in the warehouse, and I'm like. Like I cried a little bit. In yeah, the corner. me and yeah, me and Kale were like, "Dude, what are we doing? This is so weird." <laughs> Do you hang out at the Triple Rock a lot? Yes. R.I.P. R.I.P. Big R.I.P. I was there for the last night. It was a shit show. How often do you see No Effects there? I actually, I never saw No Effects there. I, oh. Yeah, uh, strangely, I've seen No Effects probably four times, but never not there. At the Triple Rock. <laughs> yeah, unreal. But uh, yeah, seen a lot of shows there. 
yeah, RIP to that place for yeah. sure. Pour one out for Triple Rock. <laughs> <laughs> so talk more about your tap room and what uh, y- you mentioned the event space that you guys have. Um, what what do people experience when they walk into the Modest Brewing Company tap room? And sure. it's you know two thousand square feet is is you know, yep. no tiny tap room. Right. What what's what's the tap room like? What's the vibe like? Yeah, um, we uh, so we're very um, you know as you know modifiers. Uh, we 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 put a huge ref- emphasis on uh, the, on the art. So on our cans and in the tap room, there's murals everywhere. Uh, we have a small patio, but that was kind of a loading dock that we just kind of squared off. <laughs> uh, like uh, put concrete there. We'll do that little patio uh, with those four tables. And uh, so we we have uh, it's it's all open. Um, so we don't have any like walls to separate the production fl- floor from the tap room floor. We have like half walls and drink rails, so you can. Uh, you can come in uh, straight from, uh, like, right when you walk in the front door. To the right is our production space. So we have a mash filter brewery. So mash filter is a whole other thing we can get into in a little bit, but uh, it looks really cool, more or less. So we, had, <laughs> we, uh, we put that on display. We call it the splash zone. It's a little cutout between, uh, between uh, where the, like, the front door and uh, where the rest of the drink rails go. And you can stand there and just harass our brewers all the time. So I'm sure they love that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just <laughs> a bunch of people coming in, like, "Hey, try my homebrew." Uh, <laughs> I know John. <laughs> Not to shit on homebrewers, but please come in. Um, no, they. Uh, you can see all the tanks. You can see the mash filter. You can see basically every part of the production site if you look hard enough. And then, uh, yeah, like I said, tons of murals, tons of uh, tons of space. Really, really tall ceilings. And all the uh, fun fact, all the tables, all of the drink rails, and all the separation walls were built by the four of us. <laughs> so, oh wow! Yeah, we uh, we were we'll say slightly over budget on our um, <laughs> on our build out. So a lot of the stuff we were like, yeah, we were, we're gonna have to <laughs> we do, gotta that. do we're this. We're gonna do that. <laughs> over, over budget. It's just like we got this. And yeah. did, did you got it? Uh, we got we got it. Yeah, we nailed it. <laughs> like you don't you don't put your drink on on the rail and it just like oh no oh, oh, no, no. yeah we ne- we spared no expense with the levels. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Uh, I'm, more of, a, I'm more of a measure once, cut twice kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, very, very true. Yeah, we um, no, it was it was crazy when we when we did build out. We we quit our jobs and we May first uh, we signed our lease and we were basically waiting for permits to cut floors and all that stuff for like three months. We're like, well, what are we gonna do? Like, we're like in this huge where empty warehouse, literally empty warehouse. We were skateboarding around in it. Like, <laughs> like okay. It's just so, a playground for now. Just yeah, huge playground. It was just it was wild. So yeah, so we built all the tables. We built the the drink rail. Like I said, Keegan was a structural welder uh, before he was a brewer. So he you know he was welding. We were screwing tables together, and it was it was pretty uh, pretty gnarly. <laughs> so you're talking about the uh, writing of the recipes. Mm-hmm. So you each kind of seem like you you have a role that you really yeah. brought to the the whole production or the, the whole production not yeah. just production of the beer yeah how did you guys all meet like what where did where did this whole idea spawn from like was this your sure. idea and then your roommates were like hey you guys want to be a part of this or did yeah. you all come from some sort of a beer uh, just backgrounds just drinkers <laughs> um now we uh so we uh, keegan and kale and i went to high school together we've been friends since we were about 15 keegan and i worked at a hardware store a true value hardware store and so we were like doing this like building potato guns and <laughs> beer bongs and like we made like all this dumb stuff that like would have gotten us fired for 
sure that we have ever like somebody came to the basement. <laughs> the um, true value basement. The true ba- oh, dude, some serious murders got down there. Not by me, but man, night, I still have nightmares about it. Um, that's where they stored all the wheelbarrows and the shovels. The, the, don't touch those. Don't ask questions yeah, about those. Don't, yeah, don't touch the red one. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was gnarly. Uh, but yeah, we just. Um, you know, we all went to co- different colleges or different schools, and uh, and kind of came back and we're like we moved into Minneapolis together and, and started homebrewing, homebrewing and professionally brewing almost at the same time. So it was it was like post two thousand eight. You know, two thousand ten. We all graduated out of college in two thousand ten. So it was like Keegan was a was you know making was doing welding and uh, Kale and I you know went Kale went to ec- for economics and I went for marketing and it was like well. It's not really money jobs and marketing and <laughs> 2008 was a rough time yeah it wasn't like, it wasn't yeah. great it wasn't great for a lot of people <laughs> something happened i don't know what happened but uh there were, there were bubbles involved bubbles and yeah shorts and stuff like that so <laughs> steve carell was involved or something <laughs> definitely yeah. steve carell damn it damn you steve carell uh we were um we were all working together all three of us were working together at a volkswagen dealership nice so i was a part did you drive a bug no i wish i uh the old bugs. My mom drove a, like the new bug and was the new beetle. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Semantics. Yeah. She went through th- like two. Of them. It was. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> talk about, our, talk about our mothers. Like yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's ten more beers later. <laughs> but yeah, we we started doing that and like learned to work together and and so it's it, it was pretty natural. Um, I mean, obviously, we still have fights and uh, and and arguments and stuff like that. Well, that's business, why you had a wrestling ra- wrestling ring in exactly, there. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Actually, we still have the um, uh, it was, there was a table, ladders, and chairs match. <laughs> and uh, I should you know that's great. Uh, tables, ladders, and chairs match, and there still is the uh, the giant like C clip where the belt was hung. We just like, can you leave that there, please? That's, <laughs> that's too sick. I, like, it's just like you can't. Every time I do a tour, they're like, "What's that for?" Like, Let me tell you. Next time, Al Snow comes in here, and <laughs> that's, yeah, it was great. <laughs> well, and speaking of of recipe creation, you know, at at Modest, you talked about you really push past traditional brewing and mm-hmm. embrace creativity, unconstrained experimentation. Yep, and. You know, contrary to, to starting with a style guideline in mind and then moving forward, it seems like you guys kind of do the opposite. You sure. have this this flavor profile you're looking for, yep. and then you kind of work backward to right. create that recipe. So fuck around and find out. Yeah, exactly. talk about yeah. that and just how you know challenges that 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 might sure. present, but sure. also like these awesome beers that have come out of being yeah. able to just be like, this is what I want it to taste like. Uh, a quick backup. We so I, I mentioned earlier we have a, a mash filter system. Yeah. So big. So a mash filter system is more or less. If you think of a if you think of a tradu- traditional brewing system as a as like a coffee like a coffee maker, you put your ground product in the filter, put the water on top, and you drain through. That's your sparge. That's how you get your liquid, your wort uh, to boil and turn into beer. The way that our system works is like a, a French press. So it uses force and pressure. Still using uh, ground grain, ground grains, except with ours we use a hammer mill, so it's literal flour. It goes through the mash process, uh, uh, the starch conversion, then goes into this uh, huge like accordion-looking thing. It's a mash filter. Yeah, it's been it's a Belgian-made system. It's been around for about 120 years. Basically. I think it's like 25% of the world's beer is made on one. On a Mira, specifically the brand that we own is uh, Mira Mash Filter. Uh, Chimay, Duvel, all the big Belgian guys use them. Say Fouillen. 
uh, all, like all the cool like Belgian breweries using them because it's made there. Uh, but Budweiser, Coors, Heineken, Corona, all these all these huge brands are made on it because they're very very efficient. So you're using uh, the ground the ground grain is is flour, so you're getting all of that extraction. So you're basically getting like 90 percent high 90s efficiency. And any home brewers that's th- like listening to this are going to be like. That's not impossible. It's totally, <laughs> it's totally plossible. Keep <laughs> the troubleshoot, you totally people. Plossible. It's totally plausible. There's no tannins either. Shut up. So how did you go? Why did you go that route? And what was the, the catalyst to make that decision? Yeah. And a follow-up question sure. after you answer that one is, if it's that high, why does not everyone do it? So we're the only ones in Minnesota to have one, for, for one, which is still crazy to me to think. It's, it's very cost, very high cost. Uh, you need a lot of utilities. And there's not really much information for for people to research it right now. I mean, if you're like, if you read Dutch, maybe if you're like, right, yeah, no, <laughs> it's uh, we. So it's uh, at Craft Brewers Conference in 2012 or something like that. Uh, Keegan met the guy uh, who makes them and imports them, and they used to be. I mean, they're still huge. They're huge systems. They're about the size of this room. Uh, in on a on a large scale brew house, ours is uh, 25 hectoliters, so about 22 barrels, and it that really changes uh, when they started making them smaller. That that really changed the the craft beer market for for them that they could actually sell it to a startup brewery because mm-hmm. like Alaskan Brewing uses one and it's 100 barrels. Yeah, like no one's buying a 100 barrel brew house <laughs> as a startup. Like unless you're a total badass, but like, <laughs> I ain't, I ain't one of them. But uh, the um, uh, but the, the reason we bought it, the efficiencies are great. The like use of water, use of grain is way down. Use of hops, um, it's all it's all really cool technology for that. But the best part about it is uh, for us is creativity. So you can use. So think about it this way: <clears throat> if you make a bowl of oatmeal, put it in a coffee filter, and try to get that water out again, it's going to be really hard. Mm-hmm. Put it in a French press, it'll be a little bit easier. So that's kind of how we can do uh, the stuff that we can do. So Dreamyard double ghost vision that's on tap here tonight beers like this that have huge 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 uh additions of oats and wheat rye you can do any kind of um any kind of starch you can make beer out of on this machine it's wild interesting um so we use uh dream yards about 70 percent wheat so if it's if you're uh, you're thinking about basically the, the the chemical processes that happen when you're when you're doing your starch conversion those things turn into like toothpaste consistency more or less <laughs> it's really hard to like separate that in your in your trans in your um excuse me in your uh, uh sparge so that's why we went with a mash filter is that we can do literally like crazy flavors so we've done uh, we made a 20 percent beer that was based on a knob creek whiskey recipe 20 percent 20 percent got one in, in the tank right now it's 25 oh my gosh <laughs> is that legally beer what's the yeah. threshold yeah uh is as, there not one le- uh, as long as it is fermented with yeast no way yep because huh. it's not ice boxed uh, we didn't freeze it we haven't distilled it in any way it's literally yeast sugar malt so so that, yeah it's beer that what <laughs> you said it's a 20 percenter that's in right now but you've done a 25 25 25 is in a barrel right in now. right now okay. yeah it's been so in a barrel for about nine months what is that flavor profile expected to be um it basically we're gonna be trying we're we're trying to shoot for uh we're trying to shoot for it basically like a weeded bourbon okay so and it, and that's kind of where it, where we're like running we're trying to figure out a way to um because it isn't tech it, it is a beer in 
uh, in practice, I guess, but it's not really because it's you're it's not, like you're not it's fifty-one percent corn. Them. Like it's yeah. it's you know it's it's a it's a it's a whiskey mash. Um, so it's sort of like a spirit, but it's also beer. So we're calling we're kind of tagging the the uh, or coining the phrase brewed spirit. So I like that. Yeah, because it's not distilled. Because we can't do that in Minnesota. We can't mm-hmm. do ice bock. Uh, can't do that in Minnesota. I don't know if you can even do that in Wisconsin, but where you freeze it. Not a lawyer. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> lawyer, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so that 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 mash filter is really the key part of of what we do uh, at Modest. Is is we can. I mean, we did a hundred percent wheat beer. Uh, we did a hundred percent. We tried to do a hundred percent rye. That was a little sticky, but uh, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely a cool piece of equipment. And every brewer that has come through and looked at this thing is like, what the? Because there's really no there's not that much information. Even if you go to like Siebel and stuff, there they really don't talk about it that much because not, not many people use them. So did that? So you got this obviously with the right ideas, and there was some strategy behind picking it out. But when you got it, you guys literally just had to kind of play around with it and, and figure it out and yeah. experiment a lot and yep. go um, from there. So it's it, sort of, yeah, we didn't really have, I mean, we had a, the people that made it for us is actually in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. Oh, no way. Shout out. Yeah. So uh, right up the road from the Harley dealer, uh, yeah. the Harley factory. Yeah. So that was, so we had uh, Jason and Lee there uh, at at, uh, at the manufacturer and they they helped us out a lot and they like it's really like technology heavy so they can rep- they can like remote into the system and like brew from Menominee Falls if they want to that's wild it's pretty wild so it's all like wow. computer you know it's like we're brewing on an iPad it's pretty sick but you know if there's something wrong it's like we don't have we don't we can't go to the brewery down the street says the guy that just got rid of his iPhone 10 yeah exactly right. <laughs> yeah that's uh their brewing equipment is much yeah more exactly I, I put my money John's where the, yeah where, <laughs> my phone doesn't matter yeah it's uh <laughs> thanks <laughs> yeah my wife was giving me just massive amounts of shit about that too like, oh finally welcome to 2020 yeah <laughs> Well, that's lame. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> well, should we pour another round here and uh, try the other? You've got another beer here at Garth's on Tap tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. By Modest. Which? Uh, what's your poison? You want to go dark? Or you want to go double IPA? Dark. Let's do dark. Sounds good. Yeah. Dark. All Sweet. Right. Don't go anywhere. Pour another round. We'll be right back after we pay our beer tab. Wisconsin's newest craft beverage trail is here. Madison on Tap is a craft beverage trail brought to you by Destination Madison and their craft beverage partners. And this trail is way more fun than the old Oregon trail computer game that we all used to play. And there's not even any dysentery or starvation (laughs) on this trail. (laughs) Quite the opposite, really. Madison on Tap is your free roadmap to more than 30 breweries, cideries, and distilleries in the greater Madison, Wisconsin region, and their discounts and prizes along the way. Madison on Tap is mobile exclusive, but requires no app download. Sign up at visitmadison.com, and all you need to do is check in at each location you visit on the trail. You'll get some discounts, and you might even receive some extra perks. Tell us about those, Jonathan. Well, just three check-ins gets you a Madison on Tap sticker, 
Six check-ins gets you a Madison on Tap hat, and 12 check-ins gets you entered to win an overnight Madison craft experience. 12 check-ins seems pretty easy. And even just one check-in, you're guaranteed some great beverages and a good time. Right, exactly. Just head to visitmadison.com slash madison dash on dash tap to access the trail pass or simply Google Madison on Tap. Cheers and happy trails. So we have poured another round of Modest Brewing Company beer here. So tell us about this one, John, and and what uh, this is much darker than the first one that we much, drank. Much um, richer. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about this one. Yeah. So this is um, it's a ritual night. This is an eight percent stout. It's a Mexican dark chocolate stout. So we use uh, cocoa nibs, uh, ancho chilies, uh, cinnamon, and a little bit of vanilla, and a little bit of lactose. Okay. Excuse me. No vanilla. I guess I messed it up last time too. No vanilla, <laughs> just lactose, uh, ancho chilies, cinnamon, uh, and coconut dips. Just traveling the world here from New Zealand to Mexico. All right, yeah, we're, we're going, dude. Then next is New England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a really good stout. Um, is this one relatively new, or has it been around for a while? Um, yeah, so this is one of our just kind of, basically this is the last one of the last beers we did of 2022. It's, uh, we've done it one one year before. The peppers that we were using before were kind of all over the place, and so we re, re, re revamped the recipe. And this one's this one's hitting. Uh, it, it definitely once it warms up, you know, near the end of that near the end of that pour, you're going to start feeling a little bit of heat. Love that. I was going to yeah. ask. Yeah, there's. So you said peppers. Yep. But it doesn't it doesn't taste spicy. No. no. Um, but as it as the beer warms up, then you start to taste more of that. Yep. As you, yeah, as you get near the bottom of your 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 pour, you'll. Uh, okay. You'll start to get a little spice on it. Um, it's not. We try. We we did it once before, and it was like much, 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 much too spicy. And then okay. one was like, "Oh, this is a great chocolate stout." And then so it's you know it was kind of all over the board a little, a little bit though the last time we did it, but now uh, this one this one hits. Yeah, and I don't feel like you you don't see like stouts, darker beers with you know chilies or peppers used real often. You've got you know people are brewing jalapeno beers and yeah. you know spicy beers spicy seltzers whatever but right. it, they seem to often be lighter yeah. beers and they've you know got quite a kick on the back end but right. i don't think i've ever seen a stout with you know brewed with, with peppers yeah. which is really cool a, um i think there, um one that comes to mind is like um uh is it a braxis from perennial okay um they do a they do a, a big bar- i mean it's big barrel age one so they use a lot of pepper on it sure but uh but yeah i've had a lot of lighter spicy beers but mm-hmm. not many dark i think it's lint's chocolate uh that makes it like a thai chili chocolate it's like one of my favorite candies oh my ever okay. oh, it's so good huh. yeah sweet chocolate uh dark chocolate and then at the end it's just like starts kicking you in the back of the tongue it's it's, it's really good but like in a liquid form it's that's a little tougher to to hit you know what i mean yeah so get a little bit more nuancy in in the liquid form but a candy bar hit it hit me with it <laughs> yeah one beer i did have one back in the day was Ghostface Killa. shout out wu-tang and it's <laughs> that was like they used ghost peppers in it this is this like undrinkable so so brutal, just like burning like, your oh, tongue yeah. off, just like drinking hot sauce. There was just a uh, in Green Bay Stillbank Brewery. They had a hot 
pepper beer challenge Yum. and they had five different kegs getting incrementally hotter oh god and i was there the night before the event and i was like how hot is the hottest one really yeah, this is wisconsin hot come on yeah and he brings out the extract that they were putting in there oh no carolina reaper oh no it it ruined my, my night my intestines hurt it, I mean, it, was, he, about it. it was good and he wouldn't even drink it, right? Yeah, he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't it's drink too the spi- one. It's too yeah. spicy for yeah. me. I use it as contact solution. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We toughen up over here. Yeah, we, that's how we, that's how we, we, that's how we practice for getting maced. <laughs> exactly. So tell us where is uh, Modest Beer available? Where can people get your beer? So we're, we're self-distributed all through Minnesota. Uh, well, most of Minnesota. Uh, and then we are with Pequod Distributing here in uh, Wisconsin and in Iowa. Uh, you can find us pretty much at every festival and Woodman's, Barley Pop, good good place, like independent stores like Garth's. and Yeah, uh, pretty much as often as I can get them beer, I try to get them beer. <laughs> so is that, is that easier said than done? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Local demand, you know, is like sort of our, you know, it's our bread and butter. You right. always got to support the backyard, you know, number one. But uh, but doing events like this, you know, and and coming out and just hanging with people, it's it's the best part of the job. But that's why that's why you get into that industry. Yeah. I would imagine is mm-hmm. yeah, the, the socializing and like obviously you want to make great beer and and drink great beer, but also to get out and yeah. drink with the people. Exactly, exactly. That's uh, that's kind of my my whole gig. Uh, and it has been since day one. It's just coming out and we appreciate yeah, your service. Stuff. Someone's yeah. gonna do it, right? Exactly. It's a tough job, right? <laughs> it's Someone's gotta do it. Yeah, it's you know, certainly has uh, has done wonders to my waistline and uh, <laughs> my liver. I'm sure yeah. it's just like, man, whatever. Yolo details. Yeah, yolo. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So modest is in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is a, a larger city. Talk about the the beer scene, the brewery scene, brewing scene in sure. Minneapolis, and kind of in your general vicinity, but in yeah. You know, across Minneapolis and Minneapolis-St. Paul. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Minnesota obviously has a, a really rich brewing history. You got hams, you got Schmidt, mm-hmm. you got um, Grain Belt, you got Shells. You know, one of my favorite one of my favorite breweries at Shells. We've had them on the show before. Nice. Yep. Heck yeah, absolutely. It's like, was the second second oldest behind Yingling? I mean, that's, yeah, yep, that's, that's pretty like, awesome. Second oldest family-owned yeah. brewery. Family-owned, yeah. And if you have, uh, if you ever have a, a chance to get down to the brewery, it's like one of the most beautiful places ever. It's so cool. The grounds are just amazing. But uh, yeah, so we've got you know, like we've got like Old Guard. Uh, we've got really cool history there. Um, uh, we've got and then we've got like upstarts like all over the place. It's really great. Um, so in our neighborhood in North Loop, right by Target Field. We've got Fulton, who's been around, have been around for ten years. Great friends of ours. They helped us place our boiler when we moved into the neighborhood. Like, can't say enough good things about them. Uh, we've got Inbound down the street from us, uh, or excuse me, from them. So it's kind of funny. We're on like a zigzag. So Inbound is fifth and seventh. Fulton is fourth and sixth. We're third and fifth. And then across the street from us, there's a new brew pub uh, going in for their second location called Bricksworth. They're they're in Burnsville, uh, Minnesota right now, but then their second location is going to be literally across the street from us, and I could not be happier because um, they make amazing pizza and wings, and that's like ninety percent of my diet. <laughs> Besides ten percent of beer, yeah, right, exactly. No, it's or like for sunflower seeds uh, when I'm on the road and uh, beef jerky. <laughs> my heart loves it, uh, and um, but yeah, we. I mean, there's uh, there's a great brewing scene in St. Paul. There's a great brewing scene in Minneapolis, and then like. There is, I mean, I'm probably going to misquote, but I probably I think there's probably 160 breweries in Minnesota now, and it's a lot of like the small community spots, tap rooms, 
and it's just like really cool to watch that the scene kind of evolve and everyone's making pretty solid beer i mean it's like it was every scene has like some rocky starts and stuff like that but like for the most part like beer's pretty damn good you know we have you know in, in wisconsin you have Bree malting uh and in minnesota we have bsg or uh, raw malting just 20 minutes away and everywhere i go like if i've gone to like new york and other places in the on the east coast and people are asking like so you're like 20 minutes away from brewer supply group yep <laughs> dude i hate you so much <laughs> how much you pay for shipping what shipping? Yeah, we just drive. <laughs> <laughs> we just uh, we could will call it when I go down there to <laughs> deliver to the local high V <laughs> or Turtles down in the Turtles Bar downtown. Shout out Turtles. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm sure that makes entering as a brewery, like start a brewery, mm-hmm. to to have like that many solid connections. Yeah, has got to be everything. Not that it's you know any easier, but sure. if you have the, the right things going in your favor, yeah, yeah, it's going to make the process at least a little bit less uh, painful. True. Yeah. I mean, we, it do, I mean, having the uh, having the community around you like is. I mean, it's everything. We we are very lucky. I, when I started in craft beer, there was probably six or seven breweries in uh, in Minneapolis and St. Paul, including Surly Summit and Shells, uh, and and you know through that through those connections like we you know we were talking off off mic is like there is a million people that are in the brewing industry that are like coming from and just moving around and like kind of sharing knowledge and like collaboration picking up new things as you go bringing new things process you leave yeah and everything yeah so it's it's really cool to see for sure. I think that's the fun thing. I mean, Jonathan and I obviously are not in the brewing industry. We drink a lot of beer. We talk to a lot of people in the beer industry. Yeah. But it seems like a culture or a tight-knit group. I mean, yeah. that's a good word, for, word, yeah. good word for it. Like, obviously, everyone wants you to drink their beer. Sure. But you're also drinking everyone else's beer. And it's like, I mean, you have shitty people in every industry. But for the most part, it seems like a Real pretty collaborative. a pretty cool group yeah. of uh, group to be a part of. For sure, yeah. Very, very collaborative. And, and to be honest, like... Uh, I trade beer with my other brewery friends all the time. It's like yeah. if I worked at Domino's, I wouldn't want to have a pizza when I go home. Like, <laughs> I want that Chipotle burrito. Like my buddy across the street is going to give me a burrito. I'm going to give him a pizza. We're both going to be happy. Mm-hmm. So like I trade, you know, trade with my, my buddies at Steel Toe and Blackstack and and everybody else in between. And it's like, dude, your lager rips. Like, dude, your lager rips. That's awesome. <laughs> like, dude, your IPA is sick. Your IPA is sick. Woo! <laughs> so it's like uh, it's building each other up, and uh, and you know, and and just you know, there there are, there are times where I'm like, dude, what is, what happened to this one? Like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. It's like, well, you got to be honest with each other too, right? So you know, nobody gets nobody grows from like you know being the you know just being a yes man all the time so with you know. with your uh with your unique brewing system do you guys get a lot of uh collaborative uh requests to come out and hang out and brew on your system yeah yeah so we we minneapolis hosted uh craft brewers conference this uh last may which was rad until like nine ninety people got covid but uh <laughs> myself and my wife included on mother's day oh uh, it's fucking great uh, <laughs> cannot recommend that enough <laughs> <laughs> and we, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, people were uh, we're we're really close. You know, we're we're downtown adjacent, um, so the convention center is down is downtown. It's probably a mile from us as the crow flies. 
and that people were just filing through and just and everybody was like dude what is that <laughs> thing over there it's a mash filter dude i've only read about those in books can i pick your brain and i sat in front of it for i, I shit you not for like four days straight just doing tour like hey where are you from oh florida cool where are you from missouri cool where are you from california cool come on through so we were just doing like a, almost like a ro- revolving door of just like this is how it works. This is what we do, and they're like, "Can I play with? Can I? Can we collab? Can we do something? I want to like learn how this works yeah. and stuff." So it was, it was cool, and like a bunch of other like there are other mash filter breweries in town, uh, and they were like, "Dude, yours is sick and way cleaner than mine. This is great. Like this is cool. Like how'd you do this?" So it was, it was pretty sweet. Yeah, that's gotta be cool to like get that that um, positive feedback from people in the industry too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's. Uh, yeah, you could you could definitely tell it was an industry week because all of the sweaty sweatiest uh, tap lines and like faucets were all the loggers, <laughs> and all the, like the IPAs were doing fine, but like the loggers were dripping, right. like they were condensating <laughs> like crazy. It was great. <laughs> yeah. So you guys also really don't a lot of what you're brewing in doesn't you, you you don't look to fit into the beer styles right like the yeah. traditional beer styles sure yeah and you're yep. brewing in a different way but you're also brewing some some really unique stuff so is there you've talked about some of the unique beers you've you've brewed before or you know you've got the 25 percenter in in barrels right now but yeah. what would you say is is you know on one end like one of your maybe your most unique successful beers sure um that's that maybe was a little off cuff but then oh, then yeah. on the other hand like is there something you were really jacked about and it just flopped oh man i've got yeah definitely have one of those yeah so we have had a colorful history with the legal system <laughs> i've heard the minnesota one's a super fun one for beer people yeah yeah well also in um the cease and desist world uh oh. so that when we opened uh we had this beer called totes it wasn't totally oats, but it was mostly oats, so it should have been called moats. But, uh, they, uh, but it's uh, so we so when we opened, we got a uh, cease and desist from uh, a small company called E and J Gallo, uh, which is the world's largest wine company, and they said that our totes brand is more is too close to uh, one of their value champagne brands called Tots, which I had never heard of before this sounds like it's spelled and said differently it is spelled differently and said differently that sounds like reading to me yeah yeah pretty much uh (laughs) which was my argument but being a uh like a flashback when i said we were over budget we now flash forward now we're we're open and filling the hole that we were in very slowly one (laughs) shovel at at a time and so they were like discontinue the discontinue the name discontinue the beer or we'll sue you and we're like great I don't have any money so we discontinue the beer <laughs> so we ch- so we changed that one up uh, and turned it into false pattern which is our uh, flagship pale ale it's fifty um, percent oats so it's one of those unique beers that I could tell you the recipe and no one could brew it besides somebody with a match filter <laughs> which is great it's uh, it's citron or sorry it's mosaic and Simcoe hops uh, New, New England pale ale it's five five percent it's awesome love that beer. or five and a half excuse me uh, it's it's one of the one of the beers I reach for like all year long all the time uh, and it's like just an on premise killer for us like we run out of it all the time and somehow it's crazy so that one that one's definitely the like the runaway like success story mm-hmm. the one that uh, that I, we were super stoked about. Uh, we we brewed this beer in 
July. It was called Mother Cactus. It was a collaboration with a cactus shop in town uh, called Mother. And um, it, we used prickly pear, agave. It was bright pink. We used a little bit of smoke malt, so it kind of like, it was, you know, you poured it in a glass, it was just like this beautiful neon prickly pear hue. Uh, it had a little bit of smokiness to it, like mezcal. It was four four point eight percent or something like that, like a kind of like a goza meets mezcal meets, like it was awesome, freaking great beer. Sorry, uh, <laughs> fr- uh, like it was so good, trashed on Untapped, complete. Oh, like no. people were just like, "What is this shit? This is terrible!" Like, and all like me and all the brewers and all the people at the brewery, like, "What are you talking about? This beer rules!" Like, what was their problem with it? Like they, they're just like they couldn't wrap their heads around like it's like <laughs> it sweet too much coming at them and or like something. pink and it's smoky and it's got like a kick to it and it's like what is it? what am I drinking? It's and people too just, good. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, like it was just like the velvet underground of beer for the second. <laughs> like there, it was just like what is happening? Like, like dudes, this beer rules. What are you talking about? I don't, I'm, just, I'm just watching it just get trashed on untapped. I'm like <laughs> just getting what more is and more happening? pissed off. Yeah, I'm just like gonna hate. snap my iPhone 10 in half. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was like I was just so heartbroken, and like I don't even want to know Keegan felt because he wrote that recipe and was super proud of it. Oh, and like, no. and it's it was like my favorite beer we made last year, <laughs> like unreal. At some point, do you just kind of ignore mm. everyone else? And if you loved it, you're gonna brew it again. I want to brew it again, but maybe we don't do forty barrels. Maybe we do ten. Small batch of it. Yeah, like the the true fans will show themselves and like there give them go. give them their own T-shirt or something. If, if you uh, yeah. if you get, if you get that distributed in Green Bay. Let me know. Yeah, for sure. Will do. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I think, hope, it, I think, I hope I it's not still Green there. I'm marketing Green Bay. Yeah. What was it called? Uh, Mother Cactus. Mother Cactus. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to go to the, my, my local no. Woodman's and see and re- yeah. and request it. Yeah, and, and, and do not drink it. Send, send it. send it. Send it. Send me an email and I will get it pulled off the shelf because it's not good anymore. It's now seven months old. <laughs> Probably got... It looks like a lava lamp when you pour it out in a glass. <laughs> it's gotten a little more neon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be my unsuccessful, very like heady beer that like we thought was going to be great and uh, fell flat. Just, uh, happens to the best of us. But you got to have those, right? Exactly. Yeah, you got to have that. You know. But whatever. Screw them. Exactly. Screw on tapped. <laughs> you heard. Quote me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've heard a lot about some of your, uh, your your successes, but also like you know trading beers. So, uh, a final question that we always ask people on yep. pour another round: If you are not drinking your own beer, mm-hmm. you've already talked about some of the the local breweries that you like to, to trade with. Sure. What would you find you drinking to enjoy yourself? Shut off work and just yeah. just hang, whether it's beer, booze, other. Sure. Um, I mean, I I feel like everyone uh, that likes beer also is a huge bourbon guy. But I we hear that a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I I love bourbon, but uh, I mean, lately I've been drinking a ton of soft blanc and rosé with my wife at home, and like I'm loving. You loving gotta it. get the New Zealand then, dude. Right? Yeah. Like Marlboro. Oh God, it's so good. I love it. Yeah, I'm drinking, uh, drinking. Oh God, I can't remember the brand now. There's an Austrian rosé that one of my uh, accounts gave me. Shout out to Ale Jail and Joey Crane over there. And he, yeah, he recommended this one. I was like, Dude, this is. I'm gonna drink ten bottles of this like immediately. <laughs> but like, you know, like I get. I don't know. People, people kind of give you like shit about that. Like we're you know drinking wine, but like any well fermented 
beverage I am a huge fan of. I love know. wine. I've been on a huge, huge. Red, I'm a red wine drinker. Yeah, yeah. I've been on a huge wine kick lately. Yep. Malbec's my my jam. Yeah. Love Malbec. Malbec. Cab, cabs uh, oh. give me heartburn. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. I don't I know why. I don't know why Malbecs don't. But ca- yeah, cabs are just like yeah. As soon as it touches my esophagus, it's like it's just like on <laughs> fire immediately. Yeah. <laughs> just give me the t- Pez dispenser of Tums. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> worth it yeah. yeah exactly i'm an old man and water gives me heartburn so <laughs> chase my tums with the water <laughs> well john we really appreciate you making yeah. time foot to come on pour another round today totally. and talk about modest brewing company in minneapolis minnesota and for all of our listeners be sure to hit up your tap room say hi to john and the, the whole crew up at modest And when you're there, be sure to pour another round for us. Oh, always. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate your time. And be on the hunt for the uh, their their whale of mother cactus. (laughs) Because that's what I'm looking for now. (laughs) Rumor has it there's some in Chicago right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those Chicago people there. Easy. Yeah, Italian beef and mother's uh, mother cactus. Let's go. All right. Cheers, John. Cheers, Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pour Another Round. Be sure to follow us on your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at PourAnotherRound. We'll be sharing news and information from breweries who are friends of the show. You can also find out what we're drinking and hear about upcoming featured breweries as well. Until next time, be sure to pour yourself another round.